Welcome to Business Magic with Maggie Gila, making your business feel and work like magic for you and those you want to impact. Turns out you don't need a wand, you need a strategy. Welcome to the mini-series inside the Business Magic Podcast, Money Talk, where I invite a successful entrepreneur to have a casual conversation together about all things money. Why? Because we need to normalize talking about money, from revenue to profit to paying yourself to making smarter and bigger financial decisions. We need to have and to listen to these conversations. So let's dive right in. Awesome. Hello, everyone. I'm excited that you're here. And I'm very excited to be here today uh, with one of my clients and friends, I'm Heba Eling. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Yes. Perfect. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm always so nervous because people have butchered my names like a, my name like a million times. My maid, I was born Magdalena Neuzhilova and I grew up in Singapore in the US. <laughs> so you can imagine. But that one is hard. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, like, I think when I was like nine, I was like, Maggie's good. Just call me Maggie. <laughs> so um, Heba is a data expert. Um, she's an expert in analytics and really looking at your data numbers. And that's why I wanted to bring her on because she has such an such a specific view of how to look at your numbers, which I think all of us need to be doing more often, myself included. <laughs> um, and she works with a lot of entrepreneurs who, with their money, like that's what you do, right? You're looking at people's money. It's not really an accountant accounting thing. But it's more of like, who are your most profitable clients? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So totally um, that's what we're going to talk about today. And just as you know, Money Talk is a casual conversation. But um, Heba, um, I would love for you to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and a bit of background. Okay. Uh, thanks for having me, Maggie. Um, yeah. So I'm Heba. I'm living in the Netherlands. Um, I'm 37. And I'm, uh, I run a data and dashboard agency. So that basically means that I do a lot of work in Excel, not only though, but there's a lot of spreadsheet work. <laughs> um, and I work with um, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, but also bigger companies. So it varies from one-person companies to 100,000-person companies. Um, and I create dashboards for them. Um, and like you said, Maggie, a lot of it is about finance, but there's also a lot of dashboards about other numbers. Um, actually, the most kind type of data that I see is is finance, um, internal business, so how many of X did you sell in your business, uh, could be a service or a product, and also marketing numbers. So that kind of also links back to you, Maggie. Yeah, <laughs> I marketing. think this is so interesting. So you are the only person I have ever heard of who does this, by the way. Like I've not <laughs> heard many of anyone. Though, but <laughs> I guess there's a lot of, because, well, originally I would say I'm, a business analyst. Um, years ago, I started as a, actually I'm a marketing person <laughs> originally. So I studied marketing, marketing communications, um, and I started jobs in general. You know, did marketing coordinator, marketing manager, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, how this, where this originated from, is that I was working in corporate. I was working in an international company, Canadian company. Um, super fun. Still, it wasn't, <laughs> but most of it was very fun. Uh, I was marketing manager, but there was a big budget. You know, it's a corporate big company and there's a big budget and everybody is spending it like it's, you know, it's not their money. And it wasn't, of course, it's not their money. But I always 
thought, okay, we're spending all this money, and this is also maybe 10 years ago, right? So it wasn't super, online was there, yes, for sure, but it was still upcoming. So we were spending money on ads and magazines. We were doing third-party per- third web banners because that was also still a thing back then. Um, advertorials, etc. So we were spending money like crazy, but nobody kind of, you know, knew what was coming from the money that we spent. So then we started measuring more and more, and I wanted to know um, what, what the ROI was. Uh, and then we also didn't have the, the term ROAS, you know, return on ad spend and stuff like that. We barely had the term ROI, but yeah, I wanted to know what the ROI was. So we started doing Google Analytics. Also then, yes, it was there. But I think I was the only person who knew how to use it. So um, we were doing Google Analytics and I was building a whole system on to measure all the things that we spend money on and what mm. they were bringing in. So that was the marketing side. And then we started measuring internal numbers and finance, and that's how that grew. So for marketing manager, manager, I shifted to business intelligence manager. And because you just said, like, you're the only person that I know who does this, there's many people, business intelligence people, managers, business analysts, financial analysts. But I think there are a lot of people that do that as an employee. Yeah. That's (laughs) I think for entrepreneurs I don't know anyone else and I know like people who do you know finance coaches or accountants or bookkeepers but someone who does what you do I don't know anyone else in this industry which I think is so fascinating because um this is so bloody important it is so (laughs) I have a master's of science and marketing strategy what a lot of people don't know is I actually failed the first subject I had a master's failed the final exam three times and that exam was actually called strategy. <laughs> so you had to like memorize, you know, 27 articles and they each had like, you know, 27 points and memorize that. And I have ADD. So it was a struggle to get through that one subject. But because I had to do it so many times, what I finally, what I learned in that topic stuck so deeply in my head. And one of the biggest things was how do you measure ROI in marketing, Right. And that was obviously from a, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps. This is such an exciting topic. Like, <laughs> two nerds unite. Yay. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, because if you look at corporate, marketing is the first budget get, that gets cut, right? Often, yes. Yes. Yeah. And for entrepreneurs, marketing a lot of the time is a fun activity, right? People are writing blog posts, they're posting on Instagram, they're doing Instagram stories, they're going to Facebook groups. Like a lot of those activities feel really like you're busy and it feels fun. But at the end of the day, you have to also look at from your marketing activities, how many hours are you actually putting into these things and what are you getting back? So how how can we start, how can we start measuring that? Um, Well, there's, there's a couple of things. What you just said, measuring your time, just taking uh yeah taking how do you say keeping track of your time um which is you know easy today to do with things like toggle or keeping or you know in your accounting system there's often a time tracking thing you can do in excel whatever um keep track of your time this is not something that people like to do um i did this for years though i just recently stopped measuring all every single minute that i was spending because i kind of know now because I measured, but yeah, I, I just recently stopped. I did that for three or four years, I think, three years. 
I cannot say four. Yeah, three years I did that. It's not fun, but it's also not a huge effort. And it gives you so much insight to see what you spend your time on. And then so if you what, say, sorry. What are some of the things you learned while using Toggle and tracking your time? Uh, that I always estimate my projects way too small. <laughs> and that affects, affects your pricing, right? That affects how much posting that you're sending out then. Yeah. If you double the time, your pricing goes up by 50, goes down by 50%. So definitely I knew then um, if I budget a project. So let's say a corporate uh, a, a company comes to me and say, we want to create a dashboard. I usually work with um, a project price. So then I estimate my time. Uh, it's still a project price, but it's based on the time usually. Um, and I estimate the timing and I... I, I did that, and but at the start, I was always, always under. I think that many people will recognize it when who have a sort of a similar business model. I was always short on time, um, so I knew then my pricing was going up and up and up every almost every month or every every quarter because it, yeah, it just wasn't. Uh, I, I never matched, hmm. um, and then uh, I realized. Things like communication, um, adjustments, uh, aftercare, those things take time too, you know. And you know this in theory. Everybody knows this in theory. But to actually taking the time, yeah, account in the time when you budget for a project, yeah, that's what I learned from measuring all my time. Also social media, yeah, you think you only spend an hour a day, but mm -mm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> At least not me. <laughs> Yeah, I just uninstalled Candy Crush from my phone today. <laughs> but that's that's sort of uh, re recreation. <laughs> well, I realized I started using it when I was procrastinating tasks. Ah, yes. <laughs> so that's like, oh, like, I don't feel like sending this email. Like, oh, okay. And yeah, it's distracting. It causes you to multita multitask, which is really not good for your brain and for your anxiety or for your concentration yeah. or anything. So, okay. So we can measure time, right? What else yeah. can we measure? What, what else can we start doing? Um, well, for sure, you have to measure sales. If you're spending a lot of time on social and you get zero sales, maybe that's not the right way. You're doing something wrong. It's a bit black and white, maybe. But yeah, something is not going right, right? If you are spending so much time on it, you can say it's for reach, which is also something you can measure. Um, but yeah, sales. So for example, if you have a web shop, you, like you, you have Thrivecard, right? Mm -hmm. um, there are dashboards for that too. Actually, I'm creating one for you right now, right? <laughs> But, um, yeah, there's things to measure that too. So one of the things that you should have is Google Analytics. If you don't use Google Analytics and you're doing marketing and you have a website, I guess 99% has a website, yep. you should have Google Analytics. So um, if you feel that is too hard and you don't know how to use it or you don't know what to look at, there is yeah, you can definitely just DM me. I'm, I'm very, how do you say, yeah, open and free with short questions. People can always send me questions if they want to ask questions about Excel or Google Analytics or how to get started with yeah. measuring. I'm always open to that. There's no charge or anything, just a casual conversation. But for Google Analytics, at least personally, I use it like very, um, I guess that's a very like basic amateur and that kind of way. But I always look at um, acquisition and then traffic sources. So yeah. where am I getting referrals from? Um, direct traffic, social traffic, so I can see and I also really look at where people are spending time on. So exactly. it was interesting when I changed my URL. So my URL for like the work with me page used to be maggieyield.com slash work with me. 
when I changed it to slash business coaching packages, my organic traffic, people searching for me has gone up and that's become one of the top pages on my website. Just like one small tweak. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely the URL for the SEO. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good one. (laughs) And that's a great tip in itself, right? Here. So, but I think what you're saying is is definitely uh, the correct way to go. I mean, you don't have to go into every detail in analytics, but if you know where the people are coming from in terms of sources, medium or channel, right? So that could be uh, a specific website where you're on or uh, social media or uh, uh, SEO, like organic traffic. Mm -hmm. If you know that, in some cases, it could be country. Like for you, it could be interesting to see what country people are from. Yeah, Uh, that's, that's been interesting. And also what devices they're using. Yeah, for sure. And of course, 10 years ago, 10% maybe was mobile and now it's like 50 or even yep. more. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. And I, I personally always forget to check my website in mobile, what it looks like. Now I'm getting better at it, but yeah, for sure. That's, that's very important, but it's all because, you know, and even, even three years ago, people are coming on my website way more through desktop than through mobile. And now that's totally different. That's only mm. three years ago. So back then I was like, yeah, mobile, whatever. Uh, I don't want to spend my time on fixing everything to make sure that it looks pretty on mobile. And now it's super different. You have to, yeah. Uh, And what you were saying, yeah, so we have traffic, uh, traffic from the sources and the the countries. And then there's, yeah, what page are they looking at? Like you just said, that's, if you only look at those two, three things, that's, you know, that's already something that's, that's not more than enough, but it's, it's good. Yeah. I think like stuff like this, you know, and, and of course people can get super advanced and super nerdy with this and like do all the checks every day. I I don't think that's realistic as a suggestion because people are not going to actually do that um, most of the time, but whatever extra data you can gather, like I'm really big on market research calls. Like I always recommend people like go ask questions, like gather data, even if it's just, you put up an Instagram story, you ask a question, like that's enough. It's something that data can help you make smarter business decisions. Definitely. How do you see that? Like with your clients, like, you know, you make, you build them a dashboard or they buy your dashboard template, they start using it. What did then, what did they start seeing as a difference? Well, I just, I recently built one for a marketing agency. It's like a company with, uh, with 30 people, but they, they are so awesome. They ask me so many things that they want to build in into the dashboard, but they are really steering their company in the direction of yeah, what the dashboard tells them. Plus, because I think it's important to say, I, and nobody does this anyway, but you cannot 100%. I never take decisions only based on data. Mm. Because first of it, it's, I think that's not human. It's not human. But you have to <laughs> always create a balance for yourself from the data in your gut or your feeling or your emotion or whatever. So (laughs) last year, no, not last year, this year, uh, during COVID, um, I actually fired one of my biggest clients, if you can say it that way. (laughs) Um, I think I invoiced them 80,000 euros over the past two, three years, but I I stopped. I said, this is, we're we're done. Not because I was angry or anything. (laughs) We're done sounds like I was really mad or something. But it was just, you know... um, yeah, we were just, that was it. I had done everything that I could for them, in my head at least. 
Um, but if I would have looked at my dashboard, it would have said 80,000. Oh, you're not, that's your biggest client. You're not going to quit that one. But yeah, I did because I wanted to. Because you also have to still take in consideration yeah, everything, your vision, the fun that you're having, the, uh, the, the satisfaction that you get. So yeah, this is just something that I want to put out there that you don't have to base 100% of your decisions on the data, of course. That's not something mm-hmm. that I would. I love that. I think that's such an important distinction because a lot of these, I don't know, I feel like in general in our industry, if you're looking at like the online space, the coaches, the consultants, service providers, the course creators, a lot more decisions should be based on more data. That's my impression. I don't know if you see that way too. I'm like, I feel a lot of people like especially people who come to me, they're like, you know, Maggie, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. I'm throwing all these things out there. Nothing's quite working. I don't know what to focus on. I'm like, cool, let's go look at your numbers. Let's go like really tighten up your strategy. So a lot of those decisions are based on gut or on fear or on FOMO, fear of missing out because you see, oh, Habe has built a dashboard. Maybe I should build a dashboard or whatever. Um, when I So that's what I see is like purely based on what would you call it? Like not only really soft skills, but like, what's the opposite of data? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Feelings. You know. No, I don't know. Feelings. Yeah. Based on feelings, positive but. or negative. And then you have data. So there needs to be like a nice balance of looking at what are my numbers actually saying to me? What is the story of my numbers? Right? Exactly. And what's my gut feeling? Where's my excitement coming from? Where's my joy coming from? What do I want to do now or exactly. in a year? Yeah, but that's, well, actually a similar story to mine. One client said to me, he's also a solopreneur, she said to me, oh, I, I, I wanted to quit these clients, but I look at my dashboard now and they're like my biggest clients, so I'm just going to go on. And I said, whoa, 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 stop. <laughs> this is your decision, but it's not necessarily the right one. If you wanted to stop, there's a reason, right? So don't, don't do all, all your decisions. Don't make them all on your gut, but also don't make them all on data. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. That's just really important. And um yeah. But what you said just now about that yeah, lots of people should look at their numbers more and what are some of the things that people uh my clients have, have looked at or that they added to their business and what is what did it do for them? What I did for solopreneurs a lot is I to be honest, I don't do this anymore. And now at the moment I made um small Excel dashboards for them because they still invoice through Excel or through something manually. Um, and then, and then also, <laughs> please don't do that. Please. If you're using Excel or word documents to send your invoices and you're doing that more than like, <laughs> and you're doing that more than like once a month, if you do it like, you know, 12 times a year, fine. You get a pass. Please get something automated. It's going to save you so much freaking time. Sorry. Hey, but continue. Please. No, but that's true. That's true. And also then, well, no, I'll, I'll talk about that later. <laughs> but um, yeah, so if you if you do want to add some numbers to your numbers, so you have you have your, your, your turnover or your profit, this is something that you should know for sure, right? I think that's the, that's the basis of your company. Even though you don't steer on, on, on profit only, it is one of the most important numbers in your company because if you don't have any profit, there's no interest in your company. If you do have a profit and you have a very uh, low margin, then you need to do something about that. But if you do have a big profit or a turnover, however you want to call it, if you still are making money, then that 
indicates that there is an interest to your company, right? Mm. Even if it's coming 90% from ads, okay, I wouldn't recommend it, but it still shows that people are interested in your business and what you sell. Um, what you could measure is you add categories to it. So let's say that you have uh, turnover, right? you have turnover X, who, like you said at the start, who's your top customers who are your top customers so let's say top five top ten mm. um, but also what are your most successful services like you Maggie you have your mastermind you have your one-on-ones you have your digital products um, so what is coming what turnover is coming from what so mm. that is very important to indicate because I know so many people who said oh I think my, bag my best service is x or my best product is x but it's usually well often it shows the, the data shows differently either because you spend way more time on it than you think, mm -hmm. or just because simply the revenue isn't that big as you thought it was, mm -hmm. um, or your margin is very tiny. So, so I have a question with this, because a lot of people also work kind of in an ecosystem. So for example, when I sold the CEO Quest earlier this year, it was like a $37 product. I made like $1,500 from direct sales of that. But then half the people who bought that product bought my next program, which was the micro-launch method. Right. So how do you kind of use these nuances when you're looking at your data? Oh, that's a good question. I would put that in sort of a funnel data. And then you can also uh, measure how many of those people actually just automated, right? You can just automate in within the data of how many people who bought product one, yeah, the, 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 the starter, and go through to another product. So that's that's kind of a, a funnel that would yeah would kind of be a funnel in your mm. dashboard. It's interestingly not was not meant as a funnel. It was just two separate things. But when I looked after my my first launch of the micro launch method and I looked at who was there, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I think it was like literally fifty percent of the people who joined had bought yeah. the CEO quest. So a lot of you know businesses work as a bit of an ecosystem. Was like you know my Facebook group and my Instagram, my podcast, my newsletter. They're all kind of interlinked. So. I feel there are nuances, but if you have the data first, then you can build these nuances in and see, oh, actually that product is more profitable because then the data shows because I know this thing's happening. Exactly. Mm. Just like with you, when you decide on somebody's pricing, you always need to know the background, right? You cannot mm -hmm. say, okay, you should put your pricing to X because that's just how it works. No, it's always depending on something else, on the situation. So same with the data, your dashboard, you can... You cannot read a dashboard if you don't know the background of it. But yeah, if it's for your own business, usually you know. So yes, there's always interpretation that plays a big role. Hmm. Very interesting. Like I think a lot of maybe I'm projecting, but a lot of people see data as something really cold. Your dashboard is overwhelming, all these numbers, but there it is telling you a story and it's giving you hints in potential directions. Like here's your potential next step that you can take. Exactly. Yeah, it gives you a vision on your on your own company, uh, it shows you where there's opportunity or where there's improvement and uh, space to improve. And other things you can add, for example, is uh, the type of customer. Mm -hmm. Are they big companies, small, middle, solopreneurs, etc. The sector, so you can even find kind of find out your niche if you don't have one yet. Um, who is coming to me? And is it also, are these the people that I want? Mm -hmm. uh, but you can also add marketing channel, uh, you can add, uh, are they newer existing customers? So if you see that only 5% of your turnover is coming from existing customers, also then I would say there's 
lots of low-hanging fruit there because mm-hmm. yeah, why not get more from your existing people that already know you? There's so much less work. Yeah, there's there's much less work to be done for an existing customer to get on board with you than for an for a new one. Absolutely. And what do you think is the biggest mistake solopreneurs and entrepreneurs make when it comes to looking at the numbers? Um, I guess not looking at them often enough, but not waiting for the, the bookkeeper or the accountant to send them to them. I think this is something that you should take in your own hands. You have, yeah, you should have readily at hand at all times, not literally maybe um, have it in your head, but yeah, have it somewhere stored, automated, preferably, that you can always find it out. I always know till the day of today what I made this year. I know what I made last month and I know what I'm making this month. And then I know, yeah, like I said, who are my biggest customers and where they're coming from. I also have the distinction of do they come to me spontaneously or are they, did I actively pursue them, for example? Mm. So then you can see if your marketing or outreach was working or not and therefore how much time do you spend where? Exactly. Awesome. Hey, but this has been fantastic. Do you have any closing thoughts you want to share? Anything that we missed? Oof, good one. The time went very fast. <laughs> um, well, I guess it's something that you actually uh, opened my eyes with. The date, first of all, if you want to get started with your data, you should know what do I have? What kind of data do I have? What data do I want? And what am I curious about? What questions do I have about my business? Because you should have questions, right? You cannot have no questions about your own business or you know everything already. That's also fine. <laughs> but then if you have the data and if you have the insight, then you also know what can I pay myself? What can I invest in a coach or in software or in anything mm-hmm. in an office? Um, what do I spend on ex? Uh, XXX and what can I spend more on which help me VA or something else to delegate uh, a, a brand shoot whatever so the data is the first thing you should know what what you have already and w- what you want and how you can get to uh, to make those one so having and wanting um, and then after that it's reading your data and asking the right questions to yourself uh, like what can I pay myself etc etc what I just mentioned I love that. And where can people find you to connect with you further? Um, I think uh, best to go on maybe on Instagram. Um, maybe not because it's Dutch. <laughs> oh, most of it is in Dutch. So that's, that's hard. But I'm, I'm working on internationalizing. Um, so you can go to www.bureauup.com or Instagram is hebe.bureau.up. Fantastic. Hey, but thank you so much for being here. Um, and this is a really fascinating, interesting conversation. So thanks so much for your time and sharing all your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you never miss new episodes. And if you have a business bestie who needs to hear this message, go share this with them. See you in the next one. Love and magic, Maggie.